Lovely to see you. Sleep well. <laughs> Monday, good lord, are we on to that already? See you on Monday. Have a nice weekend. There's Anthony. Off into the distance. Oh, it's horrible weather today. Not very nice at all. It's nice to see you. I'm saying that now because they do it on all the television programmes. They look into the cameras and go, nice to see you. I think you can't. Why are you like? So I'm going to do the same thing. Nice to hear you this morning. Nice to see you as well. And, uh, and nice to, to hear from you in your tweets and your emails. And yes, I've had some sugar this morning. So I might be a little bit vague at times. <laughs> In fact, there's a, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to start being vague. And then I might go motormouth for a bit. And then I might start slowing down a bit. And then by the time John Warrington gets here, I might be comatose. I can't quite work out which end of the day I'm at at the moment. Because I came in this morning, and I normally at home, I have a cup of tea. And the alarm went off, and I slept really well last night. Bounced out of bed. First of all, I had a bit of a problem with PayPal. Because I bought some stuff from a company that I use all the time. And then it started saying, uh, you can't use your credit card, it's an e-check. And then I, I just remembered that some of the cards on there uh, weren't applicable anymore because they'd been cloned. And so then I inputted another card, and then that didn't turn up, and I wasn't sure if, if I was having a breakdown. And then when it turned out I'd ordered two of these items, I wrote to the company, because up on the thing came one item, and yet it was double the price. It all got very confusing. And so I don't know what PayPal's messing about at the moment, because it was working perfectly fine before Christmas. Now it doesn't appear to be doing anything at all. So I don't know whether that's gone haywire. And so I did that, and I slept really well this morning. Got up, and I thought, I'll just have some cold water. Take, take me tablets, do me... Co- so I sit there quite happily on the settee and I'm watching some murder film. It was really quite horrendous. And I never got to the end of it, but it was subtitled. So I've got no idea what happened at the end. I can't even tell you the storyline apart from the body of a young man is found and it's obviously very cold in this country because of snow and he was tortured for five hours and then he died. That's all I know about it. And, and it's, it's all in foreign... And so I started watching it thinking, I really mustn't get into this film because I've got to leave for work and I've got to go and, go and have my shower. So I have my shower, get out of the shower, and then the radio, the batteries had died in the radio, so I couldn't listen to Anthony in the shower. And I didn't have the energy or the time. To get, it's very stressful doing this job. I didn't have the time to then go back to pick up the new batteries to put them into the radio because it takes six. And even though I have got the batteries... I just, I couldn't be bothered to ferret around on the bathroom floor, emptying the last ones out and they go over it. And then I get them mixed up with the new batteries. So I end up with 12 batteries on the floor and I can't work out which are the ones, which are the new ones. You thought your life was dull. I'll tell you, you want to come into my world, it's all very bizarre. So I did that. Then normally I would have a cup of tea, so I didn't have the cup of tea. And that normally gives me the boost in the morning that I need to get in the car so that I could sort of nod off and go to sleep. Well, doze. But if you remember yesterday... Unfortunately, we couldn't doze because we hit the fox. And I didn't have the nerve to actually look and see whether it was still there in the road today because I'm hoping that people take it. And then yesterday I saw the same man shoplifting from Marks and Spencers. He does it every day. He's one of these, um, I don't know whether you call him a down-and-out, a near-do-well... I just call him a thieving little toe rag. And he goes in there, and every day... And you know he's not a Marks and Spencer's customer. I must be the only one at the staff, like, head down, you know, buried in the sand. And they've got a new, new little manager in there who's about as big as a hobbit. And he was in there, and there's, a, there's nothing the matter with being short, but this particular shoplifter's quite tall. You know, and I think it's intimidating. Oh, and I've got a great story about a woman on a bus, but anyway. So, um, yeah, so I had the jelly babies. Anyway, so I'm in Marks and Spencer's, and this bloke comes in. And the moment I see him, I think... I've seen you thieving before, because I know, because he doesn't look like a Marks and Spencer's customer. Not with sandwiches at £3 something each, he doesn't. So he comes in, and he always takes two. And as opposed to just picking them up and walking out the back door of Marks and Spencer's, he picks them up, he walks to the front, he walks round the unit at the front, and then straight up the other arm and straight out the back door again. 
Because he's not stupid. He's a prof... I spot these... Anyway, so I've seen him doing it before, because I thought first time, oh, he's gone down there to queue for the tills. And then you look down, you go, oh, no, he's not queuing, but where's he gone? Oh, he's walked straight past me and straight out the back door, holding them and his wallet, as if, because he's a professional thief, he thieves from people, he probably breaks into houses as well. And, and so I said to the girl, as he's going out the back door, I said, um, I said, that man's just stealing your sandwiches. Oh, which, which one? Well, there's only one man walking out. I said, the one there with a the hat on. Which sandwich exactly? I don't know, you know. Cheese and pickle, who knows? Ham salad, I don't know, he's probably got a fetish for it. Coronation chicken, no, they don't do that one, because it's Marks and Spencer's, and that's far too common. And so, and so, he, so she follows him out the back door, and then and the, the manager is busy trying to stack the top shelf. It's not easy when you're as big as a hobbit. So he's standing on tippy-toe, trying to put the cakes up there, and I'm lifting him up, you know, to help him. And, uh, and I said, I've just told one of your staff that I've just seen somebody shoplifting a sandwich. Oh, thank you. So, uh, which one? I said, the girl there. And so anyway, so they both go out and then, and then they come back in again and quite clearly they haven't apprehended the man or got the sandwiches back. And he goes, thanks very much for that. But I know damn well that I'll go in there today. I'll see the same man shoplifting at lunchtime and I'll say to the manager, I've already told you about him once. And I had a dream last night that I then proved a point. So I picked up a sandwich in front of him in my dream and I walk out the back door and he calls the police because I'm shoplifting. And I go to court and say, I'm trying to prove a point. I'm trying to prove a point that I've told them about this shoplifter three times and so far they've done bugger all about it. So, you know, what are they going to do about it? And the answer is, they don't care. They really don't care. I need some water, actually. I need some, just a, some cold... I feel like cold water, because I'm in cold water without the tea. I've had one tea this morning and about 500 jelly babies. And uh, to be honest with you, it's all, it's all gone a bit haywire. So it's, it's all gone a bit loopy, loopy-loo, as they say. And so, and then there's a great story in the paper today about, uh, about Vanessa Feltz. Uh, Vanessa Feltz, uh, race slur shocker. It's, it's, it's quite interesting when you read the story, and I will read it to you as the programme trucks its merry little way through. Uh, Peter, I think it's Peter Seymour, who says, what a, a really interesting interview in this week's Radio Times, sweet pea. Don't be familiar, don't be familiar. And if you're Puffy Boy, can you be familiar? He says the spread was almost as large as the one last week on Vanessa Feltz. What are you saying? The woman's fat or something? That's a horrible thing to say, Peter. What a nasty piece of work. He said, don't worry, you'll get there one day. I know, if only she had my bank account. If only she had my bank account. So, thank you. Bless your heart. That's, all right. That's lovely. Is that fresh from the spring? Uh, yeah, from the Ooh, lovely. Mm. Look at that. I wonder where that water does come from. Isn't it funny? We never... The tap. <laughs> I think they, well, they just fill up the bucket things and yeah. fill it. It's, it's quite nice, though, isn't it? Do you think it's, it's sort of Welsh Valley water or something? Oh, yeah, probably. You think? Yeah. You're as mad as I am, aren't you? It's not it's Welsh volcanic. Valley water at all. Sorry? Volcanic water. Volcanic water. How lovely. Mm. Oh, something... Do you know, there's something... Do you know, I could never do a desert run. Because at the end of it, they'd be going, uh, we're not going to give you any water. We'd go, oh, what? I need water. Be terrible. Uh, 84850, uk, And, um, have you heard live from Studio 5, says Matt Spinax? Where have you been? Hello. Two days ago we did that story. Where are you? Manchester. Oh, God knows. The further up north you get, the dumber they get. Dumb, 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 dumb. The time you get to Manchester, they've got no idea of what's happening in the real world. Poor soul. He says, have you been watching the Vanessa show? Where are you from? Where are you from, Thicko? God blimey. Oh, you've been watching the... No, I've never even heard of Vanessa who? 
A show? Where? On the radio? Surely not. Unbelievable. God, blimey. I tell you. Uh, the film was called Crimson River, says Simon. Oh, trust you to know what it was. And starred Jean Reno, a French classic. He said, I can't sleep either. I couldn't care less, actually. If people can't sleep, that's not my problem. As far as I'm concerned, it's ten past five. Get up! Get up! Don't stay in bed. What a waste of time staying in bed. It's all right for Anthony. He's just finished. And he needs to go home to sleep. Get up! Do some exercise. Although, apparently, who... Pardon me, hoovering is better for you than weightlifting. I didn't belch, I hiccuped. It was a polite hiccup. I haven't got hiccups now, because I've just had some... No, I don't... You have surprised me. You turned up. She said... She just want me to, want me to surprise you. <laughs> Dear God, not again. Not after the beach incident in, uh, in Santa Monica, which we're not allowed to talk about, but I've got photos. OK. And just in case things ever go pear-shaped, I'm going to put them on the internet. Just like let you know now, all right? So it was Crimson River, a French... I might have to go and buy it, actually. Because there's nothing worse than getting halfway through a film, not really understanding what's going on, because it's subtitles. But I, I, I don't mind subtitles too much. And, um, and then not knowing what the end result was. Because when this bloke was killed, I don't normally do murder films. I'm really... I'm not very good on things like that. Although I do like Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> so it's... Murder, She Wrote's good, isn't it? Uh, she'd be very good in conversation. Very, very good. I mean, Cabot Cove has never been the same since Jessica Fletcher moved in. All of a sudden, there's people being murdered everywhere. And each week, she's right. Each week, the chief of police says, Miss Fletcher, I think you should really butt out. And she goes, well, I've been right every week so far. <laughs> so, so, let's all move there. I'd, yeah, she has got a very good track record. So I, I might order this Crimson Rib, because at one point, when they, they put the body into the mortuary, it's obviously only a pretend body, um... But they'd removed his eyes and put tap water in his eyes. So it looked as though he was crying. It was all very... It was the most bizarre film. I know, don't ask me. It's only a film. No, I'm having odd dreams, actually. Perhaps I should... What did I have to eat before I went to bed last night? Oh, I can't remember now. It was very nice. Very nice indeed. I'm on the ceiling now. You can tell, actually. I'm, I'm not only on the ceiling, I'm crawling inside the light bulb and I'm very happy to be there with the flies. I know, it's funny, isn't it? It's just, just mad as a brush when I have anything anything to do with sugar. So, yeah, I'll last the two hours. I just don't know what state we're going to be in. I've got Belinda Carlyle to talk to later. Carlyle. <laughs> uh, Ray says, I bought Bonnie Tyler's car off eBay. He says, it's awful. Every now and then it falls apart. Oh, for goodness sake. Is that the best you're all going to manage? I don't want any old jokes this morning. It's Friday morning. There's far too many interesting stories in the, uh, the papers. Noreen's off to the Galleria at Hatfield. I know the Hayes Galleria. Is that the Hayes Galleria? Is that the one that goes over the road? Because if it is, I, I know it really, really well. It's an outlet place, she says, with Marks, Works, TK Maxx, Cotton Traders. Mm, blimey. Actually, I've never been to an outlet place. I keep meaning to go. There's a very good one in, uh, in Oxford, Sheer. And it's really good. I'll have a drink. I think I should open a bottle of wine. Yes, we get the headlines. And um, there's, there's one here. I, I got sent this the other day. It's called How to Start a Fight. And Patsy says, One year I decided to buy my mother-in-law a cemetery plot as a Christmas present. The next year I didn't buy her a gift. When she asked me why, I said, Well, you still haven't used the gift I bought you last year. <laughs> That's how the fight started. <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly. I took my wife to a restaurant. The waiter, for some reason, took my order first. I'll have the rump steak rare, please. He said, aren't you worried about the mad cow? I said, no, she ignored her for herself. And that's when the fight started. <laughs> my wife and I were watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when we were in bed. I turned to her and said, do you want to have S-E-X? 
No, she said. I then said, is that your final answer? She didn't even look at me this time, simply saying, yes. Yeah. So I said, well, I'd like to phone a friend. And that's when the fight started. And so it goes up. There's pages of these. That's when the fight started. It was very funny, actually. Very funny. 84850, Stephen LBC.co.uk. Nick also knew Crimson Rivers, Jean Reno and Vincent, is it Cassell? Well worth catching. Crimson Rivers 2. Oh, my God, there's a, there's a follow-up to it. I'm not sure I can cope with that. I wonder if it's still available. I shall, I shall try and get hold of it. Try and get hold of it this morning, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, in the, uh, the papers today, Free Fairy Liquid with the Express. Whoopee! That's good, isn't it? They're, they're doing a thing all this week where they give you something free. Free Fairy Liquid. It's worth about a pound. But you've got to go to McCall's to get it. And um, what's here? Oh, there's a Muslim cleric who is called the Queen Disgusting. Rather silly, pathetic little man, I'm afraid. And a judge hitting out at the Muslim community after the trial of a man accused of raping his wife collapsed. The Asian woman concerned didn't uh, testify. She said she had too much pressure put on her by the family. And um, so she wouldn't testify against her husband. They said it would bring shame on the community. The husband, I should point out, is already on the sex offenders register. Really, obviously a charming piece of work. Charming. 17 minutes past five. These are the headlines. Tony Blair will make a second appearance in front of the Iraq inquiry today. It's thought the former Prime Minister will be asked to provide more details in some areas. The Labour leader, Ed Miliband, says the appointment of Ed Balls as Shadow Chancellor does not mean a change in economic policy. Mr Balls was overlooked for the job when the original Shadow Cabinet was named. Her ministers are being urged to tackle fuel costs as petrol prices rise at the highest rate for ten years. Average prices between mid-December and the middle of this month increased from £1.22 a litre to £1.28. Let's have a check on the, uh, the roads for you this morning. Waiting patiently downstairs, J. Louise... Thank you very much. Young London, Saturday afternoons from 1, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 5.20 is the time. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And uh, John Warrington will be in a little bit later on. Uh, now, I've got to do this Vanessa story, mainly because I, the more I read into it, because I did read the comments out on the programme uh, by the TV critic Ali Ross. Now, you have to make up your own mind, OK? I've made up my mind. I'll tell you where I stand on it, and then you, you could tell me afterwards whether or not you feel the same. So, uh, Vanessa Feltz, she of uh, little talent on television, turns up with a new Channel 5 programme, which, frankly, is rubbish. I mean, it is... It's cheap, low-trash television. Not only is it cheap, low-trash television, but she has the effrontery to drag on her fiancé with no television experience whatsoever, and by God, it shows. He's a grinning idiot. There's something about him that makes you think, oh, it was like watching... Was it the uh, the 5 o'clock show on Channel 5? And it's been axed, mainly because nobody's watching. It's it's because it's poor, as in, in terms of television quality shows it's pretty lame and they've got the two girls on there and the reason it's lame is the two presenters jane middlemass and who's the other one we can't oh, remember kate, well, kate. The one with the teeth. yeah the one with the teeth kate and it's it's because what they need there and i'm not in any way derogatory against female presenters on the television because there aren't very many of them unless they're about 90 uh but if you have little giggling girls on there going oh you know orlando bloom i like him and all that kind of, nobody's bloody interested it's tedious Pap, it's like watching a more infantile version of Loose Women, as if that were possible. You've only got to get Colleen uh, Nolan to do a few of her below-the-shelf gags, and she thinks she's really funny, but by God, she's getting fat. I was looking at her the other day. I mean, you could land aeroplanes on her ass. I mean, it's that big. She's huge. What? I 
nothing. She's she's this big. It's in and she did a fitness video. She did go. Thank you. She started this morning. She's wearing the same skirt as yesterday. Okay. La, la, la. Of course, I'm wearing a completely different outfit, but uh, there you go. Oh, right. <laughs> Typical, it finishes on the blooming Friday, then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Shame, of course. Send me a picture of what you're wearing tomorrow. So, anyway, so, so you've got this low-rent Vanessa programme. So, um, Ali Ross criticised it. And... Um, and the, the story, running in the Express, because bear in mind the Express is owned by Richard Desmond. Nobody else carries this, apart from the Express and the Daily Star, because they're owned by Richard Desmond, who owns Channel 5, who employs Vanessa for not very much money, I suspect, on this programme, because she's a, she's a Daily Express critic, and the show's got a really low, low budget. But anyway, Vanessa Feltz and her partner, Ben Afudu, who was in Fats and Small, apparently, a little-known group about 500 years ago, have been left disgusted after a TV critic likened the presenter to Nazi leader Hermann Goering and her fiancé to a grinning oil slick. Now, if, of course, that had been the case, you could quite rightly think that maybe Ben and his uh, girlfriend, you know, uh, would be disgusted. Broadcaster Vanessa, who is Jewish, no kidding, unbelievable. Vanessa's Jewish. Oh, thank God for that. I was so worried. And uh, musician Ben, uh, when... When musician was singled out by Ali Ross as he reviewed their mid-morning Channel Five programme, the Vanessa Show, on Tuesday, Mr. Ross's this is the funny bit. Mr. Ross's comments in a national newspaper have sparked outrage among friends and family of the couple, while the Jewish Chronicle newspaper branded them plain nasty. So you think, oh my God, the Jewish Chronicle have got involved? This must be really serious. No such thing, I'm afraid. Never let the Express spoil a good story. Mr Ross likened Vanessa's presenting skills to Hermann Goering being given a job on the check-in desk for El Al. That's not likening her to... It's likening what the way she presents it. It's, it's the, what, what he's saying is Herman Goering check-in, you know, working as the check-in for El Al, which is the Israeli airline check-in. You know, it's, it's, as, it's as ludicrous as that. It's as stupid as... He's not saying she's Herman Goering. So anyway, he went on to describe the Daily Express columnist partner and co-presenter Ben as a grinning oil slick. Now, if you call somebody an oil slick, it's in no way a reference to a colour. What it is, is because it's thick and slimy and greasy. In fact, I've actually called Ben... Uh, not, the, not Ben, the um, David Dickinson. He's like a grinning oil slick as well. It's a well-known expression in televisual terms. Somebody's an oil slick. They're greasy. They're yuck. They're horrible. So, unfortunately, Ben says, I was hurt and upset when I read the comments. Well, more fool you for reading them, then. Shouldn't go into television, should you, when you've got no experience? He said, I think it should be celebrated that we're fronting a daytime show and are of Jewish and Nigerian heritage. I'm so sorry, sweet pea. Nobody gives a flying stuff where you're from. Don't be so stupid, Ben. Grow up. Try and be an adult as opposed to a complete prat. Goodness sake, nobody cares where you come from. We're interested in whether you can present a programme. And unfortunately, you can't. So anyway, musician uh, Rashan Jass branded Ross's comments a racist disgrace. Quite clearly another one who's got no idea what he's talking about. While TV critic Matt Howarth agreed, adding, there is a thing of taking it too far. Who is Matt Howarth? 
No, no idea. We all know Ali Ross. Uh, Danny Caro, this is where it comes in. Danny Caro, sports editor of the Jewish Chronicle, told readers on his blog what he thought. In other words, he didn't write in the Jewish Chronicle, he's, and he's a sports editor. would be more happy if the Jewish Chronicle had a TV editor. In a posting titled, Ali Ross, You Should Hang Your Head in Shame, he wrote, Vanessa Feltz has received some rave reviews following the launch of her new BBC Two show, but it appears not everybody is a fan. He's not talking about the radio, sweet pea. He's talking about the rubbish that's on television. And it's got nothing at all to do with the fact she's Jewish or anything else. It's the fact she's chronically awful. And if, if it's, it's so terribly sad if poor limited intelligence, Ben, and poor deluded Queen of Daytime, I don't think so, Vanessa, seriously think this is worth pursuing. The show will be axed before the year is out. I'll almost put money on it. If, if the audience is struggling to reach 60,000, ditch it now. Ditch it now. I mean, it's just painful to watch a show die. It was a bit like watching Richard and Judy in the latter weeks of the show, as it went so far downhill, they'd got to the toilet, and then they went in, and then when it got to the U-bend, it was totally unsavable. Vanessa Feltz's show is exactly like that. You know, nothing worse than a deluded presenter who puts on their fiancé on the programme and seriously believes that they are enough for getting an audience. They're not. If Jane Middlemass... And she's been around television for ages, can't get an audience for that five o'clock load of old rubbish. What hope for poor little Ben, whose last hit single was about 35 years ago? Although actually it can't have been 35 years ago, he's only 38 now, unless he's telling fibs about his age. But whatever it is, they need to put the show out of its misery. It's poor, it's lame, it's not very good, it's not very clever, and it certainly isn't racist to call Ben an oil slick. An oil slick is something greasy and horrible that nobody likes. Good news this morning. We like to have good news on the programme. Country Files' Miriam O'Reilly has won her BBC ageism claim. Uh, the BBC say they're now very interested in working with her again. She's already been offered grumpy old women, walking with dinosaurs and ready, steady, die. Anyway, so good luck with those ones, Miriam. And the gay couple who won compensation from a guest house that refused them a room. The owners denied homophobia saying they just uh, based their booking policy on the Bible, adding that only that morning they'd smote a guest for coveting their oxen. <laughs> All from Frankie Boyle's column, who does say here, jo Jordan has gone to tremendous lengths uh, to preserve her children's anonymity, frequently drawing the fire of prying paparazzi by splaying her lebs, legs like a tipsy fawn and vomiting down her cleavage. It's a very difficult time for Jordan. She's asked the press show some consideration... And give her the money up front, because <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much easier. But the good news is that we hear that uh, Alex Reid has been offered Panto. He's bombarded with offers to play Widow Twanky next Christmas. <laughs> Poor soul, honestly, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's, it's not good <clears throat> news. And the last straw was when Alex released photos of him playing with her kids. She hates the idea of him exploiting them. That's her job. Says Frankie Boyle. Oh, that is ridiculous. Yeah. That, that last comment. Well, to be honest with you, they all said the marriage lasted 11 months. It was contracted to do nine, apparently. Like but a it good did pregnancy. 11. Like a good pregnancy. <laughs> the thing is that, uh, don't you remember all the... For when she first went out with Alex? And that... Uh, did they ever go out? Well, they did, because there was oh, a slight happen? courtship, and there were scenes, weren't there, and, and used on her programme, where um, he, Alex and uh, Katie, were yeah. in the park... Uh, with the kids, and, um, what's his name? A uh, uh, fellow who does all the audience. What's her ex-boyfriend, her husband's name? Oh, um... 
Peter. Peter was furious because yeah. suddenly his children were being looked after by this, this guy who he didn't even know. Yeah. And they, they even had a little game of football, didn't they, with the press. They said, we'll let you take some bitches if you yeah. play football with us. But she finished with him on live television. <clears throat> and I'm a celebrity. When she back, went back on that, she finished with him on television. It's all over, she said to the cameras. It's fin- I'm finishing with him. Mm. I thought, you stupid old baggage, honestly. Goodness sake. She's a silly woman, isn't Although, she? Although, I did speak to somebody yesterday. I can't tell you who it was. <clears throat> <coughs> and and this person said to me, she's vile. Oh, as a person? She's vile as a person. He said, really? He said, she's not nice. Do you remember that person saying that? She yeah. didn't say that she was vile. He said... Yeah. She was unpleasant? She was unpleasant. Well, difficult. Was difficult. Yeah. Difficult, yes, yeah. Difficult. Well, a woman she... with so little intelligence, I'm not at all surprised she's difficult, poor soul, honestly. But she, I'm sure she, I'm, she always seems sort of a bit aloof. You know, a bit full you know of... You It's the, the world of Katie Price. She's and... a bit Roman Abramovich. And when I say she's a bit Roman Abramovich, she's got she's loads Russian. of money. No, she's not Russian. She's got loads of money, but she can't fit in anywhere. She does. She has no level of conversation at all. What's the one you're doing? Where are you going? Don't we really mind you being noisy? <laughs> it's part of the. I program, thought I was going that. to the toilet, so I just sat here smiling. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's like Roman Abramovich. His his girlfriend runs an art gallery. I know she does. And she's yes. very posh, and, she, mm. and he has he's a market trader. He's got nothing to talk about, and she's the same. She doesn't have any conversation, so she only knows with whoever she goes out with, and there appears to be nobody else on the horizon at the moment. She must be so lonely. I think she might be lonely. I think she's terribly lonely. Well, it must be lonely when you know the camera crew say, "Okay, it's all a wrap. Yeah. We're in the bag." Thank you very much. We'll uh, See you next year. go back and edit it, and yeah. it will be on on the 2nd of June. Well, she's I... apparently fled to Switzerland. Best place for her. Really? Yeah. Well, we know what goes on in Switzerland. Cuckoo clocks, Toblerones. Facelifts. Facelifts. <laughs> oh, not more facelifts. <laughs> she can't keep having facelifts. God knows. I mean, she'll be she'll be having to shave very shortly <laughs> if she has many more. I'm sure she already does. I'm sure she Out does. Out with the Emac, in with the Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> but A Gillette lady shave, chock-a-block. Um, uh, Mr Abramovich has uh, sponsored a play, a series of plays, yes, isn't yes, he? For the very Russian time. Group. Yeah, for a Russian theatre group to come to the UK and, and do Chekhov and all sorts of things. Yeah, do you she, think he'll be going? Oh, I wouldn't have thought for one moment. Uh, he'll wait for it to come out on DVD. They did like a thing so the other day, people. I have to be flipping through the television channels, and it was a programme about, um, uh, people who's... <laughs> God, honestly, it really, really is. It's like working in a canteen, isn't it? it is, like somebody with major it? indigestion. It's like being on a railway station <laughs> in 1936. <laughs> and, and do you think the train will be late this morning? And could you just move those sandbags yes. while I put some more nice cup of tea? It's like a Victoria Wood sketch. Is, is, is the Victoria front sponge fresh this morning? <laughs> and two teas for me and my friend, Vivian, here. Vivian, would you like tea? Tea for Vivian, too. <laughs> I could just do a slice of sort of Victoria oh. sponge, couldn't you? I could do your jelly, baby. But I can't do anything else. So I'm watching this programme, and it's a woman who comes round, and she tells you how to make your business oh, yes. go better. Yes, yes, yes. And yesterday she meets two old uh, girls who do a lap dancing thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not lap dancing, pole dancing. Yeah. Under the guise of it's exercise for women. Oh, okay. And so the woman comes in and says, "But, she, but who is this aim for?" And they go, "All women," because they talk like that. All women. <laughs> she goes, "It's on a, it's on a, it's on a trading estate." Sorry, how do they talk? All women. All, all women, women go for this. And she goes, they don't. She goes, yeah, they do, because all women want to be sexy. She said, yeah, but either you're selling sex or you're selling this as an exercise. You need to know where you're going. And it was very difficult to convince her. But the second woman um, um, did dogs. She groomed dogs. Yeah, very good business. In her garage on a council estate. <laughs> and unfortunately, well, if the tax man was watching, he must be loving this, because 
if she gets cash in, she puts it in the tin and they take the cash out for buying their groceries and going shopping and all the rest. I'm thinking, yeah. so you don't actually keep proper books for this business, do you? The taxman will love you. Oh, goodness oh, me, the taxman will come around and go, Don't ever go on television me? and do a programme like that if you're not properly arranged with, with the taxman. Uh, but also, you have to register a company if you're going to charge. But also, you I didn't know just... you were allowed to just use your garage and turn it into a business. She could if you wanted to. Oh, but you must you? Re- yeah, of course you can. Oh, of course you can. How horrid. I mean, talking of business, did you see the, um, the, the, the story about uh, Eccleston's daughter, who seems to suddenly be in the newspapers all the time? PR. I mean, a lot of they PR. Have PR. Both of them. And she is going, is, it, makes, she makes me la- it makes me laugh. Um, I want someone to think that I'm a businesswoman, she said. Yes. I'm, t- I'm tired of being an it girl. She has, a f- she has a failed business, I believe. Well, she's about Clothing. to start a new business. Another one, isn't it? She's a model. Of course. Her name is Tamara Eccleston, mm. and she's 26, and she's the daughter of Bernie, and he's now no longer his, wa- his yeah. wife. But what makes me laugh about this is I'm going to really try and I'm going to really come out and st- start a business. Oh, but, but don't you have, ex- have to have experience first? Don't no. you have to go through the motions? Don't you have to go into no. a, a job and suddenly say, well, I'm going to learn how it's done from that no. company? No. Like a work experience thing? Not when you're that rich. <clears throat> and, it's, you know, th- this girl's got it all started. If that business fails, who cares? They Just have a trust have another fund, one. both of them. Uh, the mother bought the houses. Two. One two each. Two houses, 56 well, million and 40-something million. The mother bought that. Yeah. And Bernie has said in the papers today, he said they both have a trust fund. He said they can do with it what they like. He said <clears> it's <throat> not to me to tell them how to spend it. He said I don't advise them or have any authorisation at all. He said it's their money to do with as they want. But it's very difficult for everybody else to Want to, to take... adopt me, Bernie. Uh, <laughs> please take me seriously, says tomorrow. Yeah, well, of course, nobody's going to. No, yeah. no one's going to, because they're going to say, oh, look, love, whatever happens, whether the business is success or it fails, it won't matter, because it's not... It's not putting food on your table, like no. so many other... It has to do. Everybody else has to go to work to make money to, to eat and pay the rent. Terrible, really. Unless, of course, you're in um, Leytonstone and you're shopping in Tesco. A lady was shopping in Tesco the other day and she was looking at the yellow peppers when, boop, up top popped a mouse in the middle of the peppers. Oh, so sweet, isn't it? So she took a photograph of it and the mouse (laughs) went, money. (laughs) And um, anyway, after complaining, she got a £100 voucher from the store bosses in Leytonstone for the isolated incident. Is that to keep quiet? Because, to be honest with you, mice indicate poor hygiene and, and a dirty place. Well, and not necessarily, because the mouse could have been in the delivery sack. Like, you know, you, sometimes you get people, don't they, and they buy bananas all wrapped up, and there's a little spider in there, because it's come from Nigeria or <sighs> the, the, the Canary Islands. This isn't a Disney film we're in. This isn't Stuart Little. Was the mouse you know, a chef? who climbs onto this thing and then a crane takes him over the docks and then lowers <coughs> him onto the thing and then he goes by truck and then eventually gets to the supermarket and then he pops up in the middle. This isn't a film. Might have done it. Might this have is reality, Paris. John. This is reality. <laughs> thanks, a mouse <laughs> popped up in the middle. Where there is one mouse, there are thousands. But where did the peppers come from? Well, they came from Tesco's. I don't know where they <laughs> yeah, came from. They might have grown them in their back garden. They didn't. Well, well, well. Anyway, who knows? And it was a little mouse. It sounded quite cute. Oh dear lord! It's like a Disney, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. Something. I saw what was a his mouse. Was his name There on the stair. There on the stair. Right there, a little mouse with claws. Oh. And so, when I'm sitting at standing on uh, embankment tube station every morning, or yeah. wherever I'm on, and I see lots of little mice running across your shoes, you know, running along the tracks. Have you, you ever had a little? Don't. And they're filthy down there. Those mice. There's Black. They run across your shoes. Black with oh, kind of Oh, my God, you really? Had a mouse on run embankment? Around. 
Yeah, they don't I've even, not nice even frightened. They just sit there waiting for, you know, a little bit of your sandwich no, to fall They're the, the workers. They're members of the RMT. <laughs> they're, wor- they're doing the doors. Going on strike, God, you mean. Dear, they're not mice at all. Mind you, the mafia have been canned in America. Oh, yeah. Somebody somewhere inside the mafia, La Cosa Nostra, and because uh, they do still operate there. Yes, of course they do. They're not as big as they used to be, but they still do operate. It's mainly with with shipping. But somebody inside the mafia, La Cosa Nostra, uh, opened their mouth and talked. They arrested 120 people the other day. Biggest clampdown they've ever had. A swoop. More than a swoop. Mm. A a big swoop. And 120... I mean, once the person is named, because they will be when this comes to trial, I I would fear for their life immediately. Because they, they would pay a fortune oh, to have this person yes. silenced. Of course they will. They but want... this must have gone on for years. But they must have been paid. They must have, they must have known, got that information from somewhere. Well, apparently last night the empires of the city's five organised crime families, the Gambinos, the Genoveses, the Luceses, the Bonanos and the Columbus and the Allens, <laughs> uh, we all came together and, and I said, listen, equal rights for jelly babies. And, and I was voted in. And you're forming an opera. I'm forming an opera. <laughs> an Italian opera. Italian I'm going out, I'm sorting it all out. Equal rights for mice everywhere and <laughs> yellow peppers. All right? And I am unanimous in that. Not just yellow peppers. <laughs> Tesco's yellow peppers. <laughs> it's madness, isn't it? I mean, you, it, it almost becomes like, like a film again. It's, it's this, you read about the mafia and the horses' heads and stuff like that and people in cars, and then they take you out and shoot you, or they, and you think, does it really go on? Oh, it does, I think. But apparently so in America. Yes, it Here, does. it was the Maltese crime families and the Chinese triads. In England? Yes. Oh, well, that's controlling Kong, Soho, yes. They? Yeah, yeah the, 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 the triads the and the Maltese ones. gangs both tried to control prostitution. Yes, they did, the Maltese especially. It, not now so much, but in the 1950s. It's funny, I always thought Malta was quite a nice little place. Never thought it being associated with crime. Well, they don't have any crime. They're, yeah, but you know what the Maltese do? And we do like Malta, by the way, on this programme. But you know what they do? They shoot the birds as they're migrating. Did you never see that programme? Oh, yeah. They go to a certain point in Malta, and as the birds are coming up from the Sahara, they shoot them out of the sky. Absolutely appalling. Why? For the fun of it. Oh, right. Not very nice, is oh, it, really? Little nice. birds flying all over the, all over continents, thousands of miles. Oh, and they suddenly look down and say, look, there's Malta, a I void. think birds know about it, though. Well, obviously not. I don't think birds know about that kind of thing, do they? You think they change their route and go via Gibraltar or something? Yeah, they just follow their, their instincts, the same instincts, like Wales. You know, see those programmes that... I've been to Wales once. Cardiff <laughs> was terrible. I hear you've got your Dreadful. water from Wales. Sorry? Your water comes well, from Wales. Well, somebody said it's probably been passed through about eight people. Oh, it has, yes. I'm it's sure I want to share. That. been used for years, that water. Queen it Victoria has. may have had that. It's funny, isn't it? That we, we don't keep any of it. It's all recycled. Everything is... I mean, I'm, I'm my own little recycling bin because I drink the water and it just passes through me. Some days quicker than others, but it still passes through. I don't exactly retain... Well, I don't know much. And don't... Isn't the toilet water... It all goes into the one big thing, Yes, it? it goes yeah. to sewage, then it's cleaned and yeah. back it Filtered. comes again. Filtered, they call Filtered, it. I know. Filterisation. Through charcoal pits, ladies and gentlemen. So it's very good that we recycle it. Otherwise, we'd never have any water. Well, Electricity, you're only borrowing it. I'm only borrowing it. You're borrowing the electricity. It goes into the filament, it goes round the filament, lights the filament, then comes up the other side and goes back again. So you're just borrowing electricity. Where does it go? Well, it goes to do another light bulb. The electricity that we're looking at now could have powered probably Hadrian's Wall, I should imagine. <laughs> Something like <laughs> what, that. What, when they were building or it? Or Anne of Cleves. <laughs> when <laughs> the they were lunch she was. In the their winter. <laughs> or or all, the, all the light bulbs in Hampton Court Palace. Do you think we had halogen ovens Sorry? during Henry VIII's time? Abs- he was, lived on halogen ovens, <laughs> I could tell you. swans in them. He used to make pancake rolls, <laughs> vegetable and duck. 
Only those days it was swan. How much sugar have you had this morning? Quite a lot. <laughs> Quite a lot. Quarter to six. Here's the headlines. Tony Blair will appear before the Iraq inquiry for the second time today. The former Prime Minister is expected to face a number of questions, including what private assurances were made to George Bush about British involvement in the invasion. The man dubbed a deficit denier by the Tories says he plans to continue the work done by Alan Johnson as the Shadow Chancellor. Ed Balls is replacing Mr Johnson, who stepped down from frontline politics yesterday, blaming family reasons. And the funeral of Jerry Rafferty will take place in Paisley today. Singer best known for his hit Baker Street died at his home in Dorset early this month after suffering a long illness. Let's have a check on the road story this morning. It's Jay Louise. Sunday afternoons from 1, LBC 97.3. I've never been wet through doing an interview, but I promise you it was wet through yesterday. Because <laughs> yesterday, good morning everybody, we did uh, Alan Carr, who was doing the round. So he was, he was doing my friend Toby on our sister station, Heart. And uh, everybody's our sister station. You know, he, he was doing the breakfast show with them. And then he did me at five past nine and all the rest of it. And Alan Carr is exactly the same off television as on it. Yeah, I've met him. I was physically knackered by the end. <laughs> I can't tell you how exhausted I was. He's got so much energy. Oh, dear. I was, I was just oh, shot through, I'm afraid. Shot through. So he's on this weekend in conversation with Alfie Bow. Alfie Bow. Alfie Bow, the singer. I don't know who that is. Do you not? No. Oh, he's fab. He's big. He's is big, it? big, big. He was the star of the O2 Les Miserables. He's done Les Miserables. Oh, yes, of course I know who Alfie Bow is. He's an opera singer. He is an opera singer. I saw yes. him in La he's, Boheme. That's right. La Boheme. Jonathan Miller's La Boheme. Oh, Jonathan Miller. He's a personal La friend Boheme. of mine. Sorry? He's a personal friend of mine. Who? Jonathan Miller. I was going to say Alfie, Alfie Bow. Bow. You didn't know Alfie Bow a minute ago. <laughs> How can he be a personal friend? <clears throat> he's one of my dearest friends in Sheffield. He? he is now. I remember when, when I saw him <laughs> in, uh, in uh, La Boheme. Who? Jonathan when I got, Miller? <laughs> Jonathan Miller was the director. Well, don't shout at me. It's not my <laughs> fault. I've had tablets. I can't help it. <laughs> but Alfie Bow. Fabulous name. Yeah. Um... I, I googled him when I got home. Well, you mustn't. I don't think you should tell people about that on this programme. <laughs> it's absolutely it, outrageous. It came up. He might he, want a court case. He's been in hundreds of things. <laughs> no, I'd never heard of him. Anyway, he was very good in La Boheme. He was very good. He was very <clears> good <throat> in Les Miserables. He yes. got ten minutes standing ovation. Yes. You'd get one, After too. After he did this... God on high. <laughs> Shut it, woman. Shut it, right? I think less jelly singer. babies and a lot more Welsh water. <laughs> Somebody's eaten one of my Toblerones. I wonder who do such <laughs> Was it you? I knew that. I knew there was one missing because I went this morning and I counted them and there were seven yesterday. There's six today. So, so I thought somebody's eat. <laughs> Who would do something? Who like would do that? something like that? Who would live in a house like this? And then this morning she says to me, "Oh, have you got thirty pence?" I thought, "God, you've lowered your prices." <laughs> and, um, and she said, "Because I need a can of Coke from the machine." Have you noticed that we're both wearing very sort of similar colours today? Yes, your, I... your skirt doesn't fit you either. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's the, it's the lavender and the, and the grey and the white. Paul says, call me a cynic, but I smell desperation in this rubbish. Vanessa's show is dire. It seems a feeble attempt to raise interest. Strangely enough, that's what she said. She said, it, it's, it's talking about it, trying to get interest. Yeah, but the trouble is, what you should do with something that's this bad is keep quiet about it until you've tried to make it a little bit better than it is. And unfortunately, it is so poor that it has the surging ratings at the beginning because, oh, she's back and all the rest of it. And then you suddenly realise how awful she was first time round because she's hard-faced. There's no... Because there's so much of her, and I mean that in a nice way, she kind of fills up the screen a bit too much, and there's no... It's like watching Kerry Katona in Dancing on Ice. She's now lost so much weight that she looks a hard-faced little so-and-so. She is, but she's got... I did watch a bit of her on a programme the other day. I know you can't bear her. Not Vanessa Feltz, but uh, Kerry... What's her name? Yeah. Um, 
And she has got quite a nice sense of humour, but she's terrible. There's something very strange about that girl. It's not right, is it? No. I've watched a few things recently. I'll tell you what it is. It's <clears> fake. <throat> it's fake. Do you think she's... Everything she's doing is fake. She didn't come across as fake in the one that I she saw. She comes across as... Every time the camera cuts, they smile. And so she does this... And you think, oh, no, don't like you at all. We know what you are. She came across as being slightly immature. I don't well, know how she old is. she is. Uh, 12, 13, I don't know. I don't know what, and, and I don't know what she does. 55, 56? She's like a product that you see in a supermarket and you think, yeah. I don't really want to buy that because I don't know what it does. Yes. You know what I mean? But did you watch uh, My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding? Have you watched that yet? Um, I saw the first one. I've read the bits about the second one and I've seen little clips of it. Mm. To be honest with you, next week they're showing them being evicted from a site. Oh, yeah, that's the clip I saw. I, I watched the programme. Which they were the on illegally one. anyway, so I don't know why we're sort of making some big deal about it. I'm not really sure what the purpose of the programme is, because if you say to most people in this country, gypsies, people go, oh, but we don't have gypsies in this country anymore. Gypsies went out a long time ago. Mm. They were the people who used to have horses and they'd be tinkers. Yeah. And think, but we don't have that anymore. But these are, tra they're called travellers, aren't they? But well, they don't all live in caravans. They don't live in caravans. So why but are they, they called travellers? I don't know. No, we because didn't get that either. they're part of a, a, a group of people who live a certain way of life. And I, I and I, I mean, I did Well, they watch. want to, they, they want to embody all the things that everybody else has got, but they want to lead their own life. So in other words, they want everything we've got because without us, they can't exist. Well, of course not. So, I mean, they, they go to work, though. Well, the women don't go to work. They stay home and... When and you say work, what do they do for work? Well, they do. They work on building sites or... Well, I'm not sure that if they go to work in a bank, because it no. seems to me uh, that when, when watching this programme, that the girls don't go to school. No. They stay home and mum teaches them how to cook and clean and do whatever, whatever. Mm. And then they save up for these dresses and they're getting married at... 15. Yes. Avoiding from 12 to 15, they avoid being grabbed. Did you see that bit? I heard about the grab. I knew grab. about it because she told me about the grabbing. And somebody grabs, sort of, almost, oh doesn't yeah. quite grab you, but in, they get you and then they force you to try and kiss them. And if you kiss them, then you're there's, you know, you're, you're a marked girl Ooh, and that's the person yeah. you're going to marry. But the dresses, there was, a, there was two people making their first Holy Communion. Mm. Uh, a young girl and a, 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 her brother. Well, this dress was ridiculous, and she was making her first Holy Communion with other girls from the from the class. You know, and they, they, these were ordinary girls. And they wore the little veil, and yeah. I've seen someone making their first Holy Communion. Well, this girl arrived in a, a bright pink. Well, meringue would be a very a strange way of describing it. She was like. 20 meringues. Yeah. And then when she got it all fitted by the, the same woman that makes all the dresses, she was like, oh, I'm going to be a princess, I'm going to be a princess. Well, by the girl, time the poor girl got from the house to the church where she was making her first garment, she looked like she was going to die. Because it weighed something like five stones. What is it? Can somebody explain to me the point of a dress that size? Is it to say that you've got lots of money? Because they either because they don't look comfortable. Oh no, they look not. faintly ridiculous. What's the point of wearing them? I mean, it, why don't you just have a dress covered in money? It was four times her weight, Good so Lord. she had to carry herself four times. Yeah. and she had a tiara and everything else. But the tiara was down over her nose because it was too heavy. <laughs> Poor little Maya, I felt sorry for. Her. I thought she have taken something to change into very yeah. very quickly. But what happens to the dresses? Do they keep them forever? I don't know. I mean, there's all that taffeta and... Probably, I would say. Well, where, where do you keep it? it? I suppose you wrap it up, because they don't seem to reuse them, do they? But they all look cheap. But I know the dresses aren't. They cost a fortune. Cost a fortune. And they never tell you for the simple reason, you know, they don't like <clears> to tell you what things are worth. No, they, they wouldn't. Well, because where does the money come from? Because they're not, they're not through £200 dresses, are they? They're thousands no, they're and thousands they're 20 pounds. to £50,000 dresses. Oh, that's ridiculous. 
But it's quite interesting what, to see how the programme progresses. I think it's the spin-off, really, from the yeah. original one that was on. And they suddenly thought, this is interesting, let's make, you know, a five more and, sit and delve into the actual life. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Well, I, I know that whenever the travellers, or whatever they, they call themselves nowadays, turn up in Hampton, all the businesses close. Because... Well, because they don't want them there. They don't want them there. No. And, and, the, and they don't, certainly don't for the, uh, for the, for the weddings mm. either. In fact, in the first series, they had to tell us that they had to keep it quiet, because once the hotel found out that they, they were travellers, and the car park was going to be full up with sort of, you know, white transit vans, mm. uh, they, wouldn't, they don't want them there. Very or they like them in and out. Yes. Uh, John is right, says my friend Hugh. The mouse may well have travelled... Oh, I trust you to write this. The mouse may well have travelled in the box of peppers. Remember, you're never more than a metre from a rat in London. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. Thank in the studio, much. quite a few metres. <laughs> Uh, try looking under the floor there, and I'm sure you'll find a rodent. Not just under the floor, Hugh, sitting on chairs on top of it as well. He said, gypsy is the race term, therefore traveller is the PC term. Yes, that's right, but yeah. gypsy is what they are. No, there's all different types of Romanian But they're not all different. Yeah, but they're, they're not all... They're, they're all different. They're all different, aren't they? Mm. Because we have the Romanian gypsies, and their occupation seems to be, according to the papers, uh, shoplifting... Uh, sorry, um, not shoplifting... Um, well, they do, they do uh, selling things, don't they, in the street? Begging and begging, stuff like yeah. that. Well, and just... also cheating. They're, they're the ones who come from Romania. They've, they've just smashed a big Romanian gypsy gang and bringing children in to teach them to pickpocket. Pickpocket, yeah. that was the word I was looking for. But, uh, but they all seem to do things, but nobody seems to pay any tax. No, and there's no, that nobody seems to do any proper permanent work. No. It's always whatever the work they can get as yes. they go along. It's all very odd. Uh, Denise in Islington, good morning. She says, I've told my friends they've got to listen to you. Denise is in prison, <laughs> and... It's only joking. Well, she might be, I don't know. And all her friends are strapped to the bed <laughs> with yes. the radio into there. That's right, yes, you will listen. Tony's in Hatfield. Sorry, he's not, actually. Yes, he is in Hatfield. The winter's back, no frost. It's terrible weather. It's chilly. Terrible. I've got cold. Um, and Ian says, I bet Alan Johnson just thought, it's a ta- thankless task. I'm no spring chicken, and you can earn twice as much on the Strictly Widdicombe Jungle Circuit. Yes. You can. Uh, Sarah says the gallery in Hatfield is Hertfordshire, just outside St Albans. Connie has read the Radio Times. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I read that too. Yes. Yeah, and um, uh, Terence, um, and he says... With, well, I had to read this actually up because... We, oh, no, I'll do it quickly. With recent story of the gay couple taking a so-called Christian bed and breakfast, which caught them being awarded £1,800 each, many I've spoken to feel this couple were deliberately targeted. There were feelings that some gay couples had chips on their shoulders... Um, do you think some gay couple... Probably you, Terence, I believe that you are gay, and, and you probably would be one of these sort of people, I would think. You're not Jewish and gay, are you? We had somebody purporting to be Jewish and gay yesterday, and, uh, and then it turned out that he was just sad and lonely, I'm afraid. But uh, I believe, Terence, you're, you're a part of a gay couple. Would, would you be booking into that bed and breakfast with the, with the bigoted couple? I wouldn't. No, absolutely. Well, I've actually advised everybody to book in. Everybody. Every single person I know, and I've got more than 2,000 names and numbers in my book, and I've said, book into this bed and breakfast, but don't tell them you're gay. Just book in as a normal, happy, gay, black, Jewish couple, and <laughs> book in there, and just wait and see the look on their little faces. And when they go, we're closing the bed and breakfast down, go, good! <laughs> just makes it far more entertaining for everybody. OK, we'll take a short break for the, uh, the news. Don't forget, we take your texts and emails, 84850, uk. And if you can think of a partner for poor Terence in Finchley, do let us know. This is an official statement. 
Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome along to uh, Friday morning, LBC 97 foot. Turns it on and off like that. It's uncanny, isn't it? You know, sometimes I can be off with the pixies, up on the ceiling, and the next minute, the most sensible per- not on this programme, the most sensible person you've ever heard in your entire life. I don't think you're going to be sensible for the next hour. I'm trying not to be. I've got Belinda Carlisle coming in this morning. Poor Belinda. Poor Belinda. <laughs> little realising as she's waking up thinking, I'm not going into that, am I? You are. Waking up listening to you this morning. Yeah, we Where hope she's interview? not listening. Could you call my agent and <laughs> I really can't make it today. <laughs> who, who, who is Wynne Evans? Okay, I bet you don't know who Wynne Evans Wynne is. Wynne? It's a woman. No, it's a man. Wynne? Wynne. Oh. Wynne is a, is a man's name. Is it? Yeah, W. It's a bit like Wayne, only it's Wynne. Who is, is Wynne Evans? Is it W-Y-N? Yes, E. E, oh. Wynne Evans. I have no idea. Welsh. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Welsh. You all know who he is, but you don't know his name. It's somebody's, it's a voice of someone, then. We'd know the voice, would we? Yes. A kind of a voiceover person. Yes. Not the sort of per- not the person that does um, X Factor voiceover or no. no, no, no. He's. I mean, some people would say he's quite irritating. Quite irritating. Quite irritating. Yes, he's quite irritating. I think he's actually known for being quite. Ir- I'm, I'm sure that in a recent survey, he came out as the most irritating. <laughs> oh. Although, frankly, I quite like him. And so you know what he looks like as well, do you? Yes, I do. Well, you all know what he looks like. Oh, we do. Oh, but, yes, yes, but it's, yes. He's, he's more known for his what he his voiceover type things. Well, yes. Well, give us a bit of a clue then. He's eighteen and a half stone. Eighteen and a half. He's eighteen stone. and a half stone. So he's big. He's not the. Ma- oh, hang on a minute. He's not the man that used to be. He won some one of those game things. No, 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 no. He's on an advert. On a, on a commercial. He's on a commercial, yes. Like like a, a meerkat type thing. Well, it's something like a meerkat type, but it's not a meerkat. Supermarket.com or... No. Compare the... Something or other. Yeah. Compare the market.com. Yes. Yeah, but he's not that one. Oh, he's another one. Yes. Like one of those. It's There's like so many of them. that kind of thing, yeah. And, do, and, he, and he's 18 and a half Yeah, stone. so come on, that must give the clue. This is the man with the funny beard. Yeah. Go, Go compare! compare. Yes. Go, I can't he's bear that one. man. He's finally come out. As what? And... Well, he's finally come out and told people who he is. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's come out and gay and he's bought no, that no, bed no. and breakfast. He, he's actually married with, with children, and he's actually, um, he's just secured a six-album deal with, sing. with Warner Brothers. He's just saying, I know, I'm a bit surprised as well. It's me. He's more like that other man that, Pank, uh, Potts, not Pank Potts. Uh, the Pank man, Potts? Yes. No, not, not Hank Potts. Potts. Hank Potts No, Hank the, Potts um, is on here. The business, it's yes. Paul Potts. Paul Potts, yes. yes. He's a bit like him, isn't he? Different from Paul Pot. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same, aren't they? Or Alfie Bow. Yes. I'm sure Alfie Bow's very worried about that. <laughs> he could be the next Le Miserable. Yeah, but th- that's who he is. He's, he's the go-compare man. And uh, he was voted the most irritating advert of last year. <laughs> well, I don't think he's that irritating. I thought he was quite clever. It takes him an hour and a half to put the makeup on. Right. And the... Yeah, I what, know. And what he doesn't he look at all like it. If you saw him, he doesn't look... Like, like the character. It's a wig he's wearing. She thinks he really looks like that. And he's got a moustache and all the rest of it. <laughs> does he look better than in real life? Yes. He does? Yeah. Because they, they, they say to him, you know, do you wear lots of padding? He says, no, sadly, that is my body. <laughs> Isn't he? He, is the, he is that 18 big. and a half stone's too much. He's 18 and a half stone. He's, it's, that's quite big. I mean, John is not... F- so anyway, um, <laughs> Red Dwarf apparently could be coming back. Red Dwarf, the I never space liked, thing. The space, I never liked Red yes. Dwarf. Isn't he in Coronation Street now? Yes, was, he is. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. I never liked it though. Really? I was, I didn't get. I never got Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Neither either. did I. Although I did see the film, which I quite enjoyed. Oh, did you? The film was pretty good. I tell uh, you what, I, you would have enjoyed, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a series that's been on this week. Michelle Ruse. Is uh, this Michelle Rue Junior? And it's about service where he takes these young people. Yes. 
and he trains them up to be waiters and bartenders, and and then he puts them into situations, and they're constantly training. It is you cannot stop watching. It. It's very good. Now the reason you would like it is because you like good service. Yes. And these people are being trained. They had to do a wedding the other day. Um, and they were just said, right, this is the day, it's the most important day in the lives of these two people. He said, so we're going to put you on, you're going to be looking after the bride. Well, this girl, one of the girls is very, very attitudey, And she's really shouldn't, you, when you watch her, you think, you shouldn't be serving people. You should not be looking after people. Right. But something happens to her when she goes suddenly, given the role, and she steps in, she suddenly goes, all the attitude's gone, and she's really quite friendly and good with them. Yeah. And it's a very, very clever, and it's on every single night. I love it. I'm bored with it already. Oh, you're bored with it. So Why not? Bored. No sugar. Okay, it's like... It's like people coming round your sort of your, your table, and that you have to lean to one side yes. so that they can get in there, and they try and master picking up your carrots and a potato <laughs> with a spoon and a fork. Why don't they just tip the thing on the plate and shovel it off <laughs> like the rest? Because nobody's interested in whether you could because they've sneezed over it three times or they brought it from the kitchen. <laughs> why, so why worry? Who invented that thing with the nut, the it's spoon, stupid. and the fork? It really is. Stupid, just give them it? a big serving thing, and so they can scoop it up and put it and on help your plate. themselves to carrots, yeah. or they might not want carrots, or they might just want the broccoli. Did you ever see? We had a program here, and it was about dirty restaurants, and they've done another one in uh, New Zealand on. Again, the health inspectors who go round mm. to these Chinese restaurants, which are filthy. I mean, one of them, even proudly, t they have to put a sign up inside on a scale of A, B, C, D, E of where they are in the hygiene. Right. And this Chinese takeaway had an E. Well, it's low, is the it? E is the worst thing you can get. But hang on. If it's in there, why would you go in there in the first place? I don't know, because perhaps people are stupid. But they, she, she'd taken the chicken out of the freezer because it was frozen and put it in water and it was sitting on the side all the meat was in these drawers which slid out from underneath the counter but it was half cooked there's no covering oh. on it whatsoever and the inspector said listen <clears throat> this is unacceptable well the woman didn't speak english so it's and and he said well you don't have any hot water in here how do you wash your hands uh cold and he went no it's got to be hot uh plumber busy he said, we'll find another plumber. Well, she didn't understand this. <clears throat> a neighbour had to come in and say, he's going to close you down now, unless... And you suddenly realise that some people have got different standards of hygiene. They think nothing. They, they just think, if you cook something that's very hot, it kills all the bacteria, but the bacteria is already in the blasted stuff. Yes, and you're just cooking it. Yes. And if you're leaving it out to, to, to fester... You're it just going to make it, was, it worse. It was frustrating. They had salad stuff sitting in these drawers. Oh, but no covering it. I'm so, so glad it's not there. Anyway, uh, I want you to text and tweet this morning because the price of petrol is rising. Highest rate for ten years. Have you stopped using your car? Have you, have you cut back on using the car? 84850, steve at or tweet lbc973. Have you stopped using the car, cut back on it, or are you, or are you not worried about... Well, the, I must admit, uh, the petrol price. I, I do, and I, I used to sometimes, if I if I went into work a bit late, I would take my car to Highgate yeah. just because it would be there when I got off it's the scooter. Take cars out as well for a run. Oh, you need, oh, yeah. Well, I'd use it, only use it once or twice a week. But I I, I don't, wouldn't dream of doing that now. Just get on the bus. Mainly, not so much because of the petrol, but because yeah. I can't be bothered. The bus is so much easier. Oh, is you it? like the bus? I do like the bus. Yes, I was. I, you'll have to podcast <laughs> the program because I tell the story of the. Did I tell the story of the woman on the bus? Oh, I haven't... Oh, that was today. That's right. I... That's right. I haven't... I told you it, but I didn't tell it on air, did I? Oh, right. Are you sure I haven't told it today? See, I now can't remember if I've told this story. 
I haven't told her. Not that she remembers, anyway. <laughs> she so, does uh, do I told her in the program, office. Amanda, don't you? Yeah. Well, if I haven't told you, I should tell you the story of the bus. The woman on the bus. The woman on the bus. Very interesting. But all after this... News headlines with Sam Pittis. On LBC 97.3, Saturday from 2.30. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Thank you, Hugh, for that one, actually. We were talking about Ashley Weller the other day on the programme. Mm, Ashley yes, Weller is the woman who uh, was 14 stone... Uh, she lost 14 stone because she inherited 8,000 quid or something from her grandmother and she had this uh, gastric band thing fitted. Mm. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm sure Granny is absolutely delighted. <laughs> of course, people can always say that because Granny would have been delighted. You get, well, how do you know she's dead? You know, she, did she leave a memo saying, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be really thrilled? So I'm on the bus yesterday. Yeah, the bus story. I get on the bus and we just tootle off down the strand. Mm. And there's nobody on the buses, but I think me and about two other people. Anyway, uh, at the bottom of the Strand, when it hits Waterloo Bridge, they, it comes down to one lane. Nobody's ever working. They just bring it down to one lane to wind it, uh, wind everybody up. So we sit there for a few minutes. This woman comes down the bus. She's probably aged between 35 and 45 years old. And she says to the bus driver, excuse me, driver, can you open the doors and let me off? And he says, no. Were you at a bus stop? No. OK. No. The- now, it's totally illegal for a bus driver mm. to open the doors if you're not at a bus stop. And we could see the bus stop, but we weren't at it. So he said, no, I can't. So she goes... <laughs> so she's obviously really a bit short-tempered. So she she's, quite, she's quite smartly dressed. So she goes back to her seat, and then we sit there for another minute, and she's decided she's had enough. <laughs> driver, will you open the doors so I can get off? She starts be- becoming a bit threatening. So uh, he says, no, I can't. He said, because it's illegal. We're at the bus stop in a minute. You just have to wait. So she does what I've seen other people do. She pushes the button to open the emergency door. Oh, that's very naughty. She's quite clearly a rather stupid person. So, of course, I go, what a stupid woman. So anyway, she pushes the button to open it. It says, for emergency. Mm. You know, nothing else for an emergency. So he closes it again. (sighs) So then she goes, did you say stupid woman? I said, yes, I did. I said, you'd have to be stupid, wouldn't you? He's told you it's illegal to get off the bus and you're pus- pushing the emergency button. I said, what would you call yourself? So anyway, so she goes, she huffs and puffs. And she's quite similar. Then she goes past me. She suddenly realises there's two sets of doors on this bus. So she pushes the emergency door in the middle of the bus to you get off. You are joking. She gets off, but not before. She lets fly with a torrent of foul filth to the bus driver. Words I've never even heard before gets off the bus and stands outside the window opposite me and calls me a name, because I stick my fingers up at her and go, well, on your bike, you so old she bag. opened... The, she, she got off she the opened, bus... yes. ...illegally. Yes. The, the trouble is, he can't open the door because it's illegal. If she walks out the door and a, somebody knocks her down, yes. she's going to want to sue. So they don't open it. You wait till you get to the bus stop. That's the law for the mm. insurance purposes. Absolutely. Quite clearly a very stupid woman. Very, very stupid. All that at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. No, it was a bit later, because I was doing Alan Carr, so oh, I was yeah. fairly stressed at, uh, at, uh, at the best of times. She's very, very stupid, that woman. Very, um, unbelievably stupid. But when she said, you say I was stupid, I said, yeah, what do you think it is? What do you expect me to say? Said, no, I not say you're stupid. Of course you're stupid. <laughs> very stupid. Idiotic Bus woman. drivers... I do think that the, the, the calibre of the bus drivers today mm. is, is, has gone off. I think they're training the way they drive buses... Yeah. is appalling. They break and... I mean, I nearly... Uh, lot of, I, I don't go upstairs on buses. It's too dangerous. I like me. going upstairs. Yeah, I know you like the view, It's that you? first class up there. Yeah. I don't know why. It's, it's sort of a strange... It's oh, no, it's not. It's all the Full same. Full of ghastly children sitting on the back seat <laughs> etching their name on the window. <laughs> I want <laughs> to gas the lot of them. And I'm at the <laughs> front it. sort of going whoosh, whoosh, whoosh with my yeah. hand to clear the mist. But they do. And they break really, really suddenly. And you're trying to hold on. 
Yeah. And get down the stairs before they close the doors and won't let you off. Yeah. But it's quite dangerous. Is it? They do break suddenly. Sometimes mm. they, they almost do it to watch you lurch forward. Yeah, everybody lurches forward. I would love to be a stuntman on the bus. Perhaps we get Stuart's and Paul on there. And when he breaks suddenly, to fall to your knees and roll down the front, <laughs> bang, straight into the... And go, we're suing you. We're, and just watch the look of panic on his, mm. and then not move at all, just lie there. Even when people go, can we help you up? Just lie there, don't say a word. And have a little blood capsule in your mouth and go, driver, I think you've killed him. That would be great fun, Steve Allen it? is the only person that can turn a bus, a short bus journey into a <laughs> ten-act Chekhov play. Jeez, that's fantastic. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is, this is a television programme. No more murder blood... films before the programme in future. Yeah, the blood capsule is a good one. Or failing that, you can get foaming blood capsules where it foams out of your mouth. And then perhaps you could do projectile vomiting. Anyway, Stephen Barnett says, my mum's a big fan. She looked through the Radio Times trying to find the interview. Couldn't find it. It's in this week's. Radio Times. Yes, it's got. It. It's just called Face Behind the Voice. It's a little mm. uh, little thing there. And uh, Steve, you're like a whirling dervish this morning, says Lynn. I'm going to go and buy the biggest bag of jelly babies. Only of use to you if you're diabetic, I'm afraid. Richard in Temple says, I was about to buy the new Bentley Continental, but the petrol price made it frighteningly expensive. Well, you wuss. Don't be so stupid. Of course you weren't going to buy a Bentley Continental, and then the price of petrol puts you off. Don't be so silly. What a girl's blouse it'd be like, be, Richard. It'd be like buying one of those candy flat, the new candy and candy yeah. flat. And then saying, okay. oh, I don't think it's because I won't be able to afford to carpet it. Yes, or I can't afford to put the lights on or something. <laughs> I mean, how stupid. Bentley Continental, I would say, if you were going to buy one, and I shouldn't imagine you can afford it anyway, you know, you wouldn't actually worry about whether you could put the petrol in it, because it costs more to fill up a double-decker bus than it does to fill up a Bentley Continental. And, uh, and the interesting Ridiculous thing about uh, Bentley and Rolls is that they've sold more this year. Yeah. Double. Well, they're made by BMW, aren't they, now? Yeah, and their biggest market is in China. Yes. Yes. Chinese love a Rolls Royce. Of course they do. A lot of corruption in China. That's why the more <laughs> corruption you have, there was some poor man. They did a program, a fascinating program on the television, where they went to a reporter who was English, but she spoke Cantonese. So I mean, a Mandarin would have got like a house Absolutely. on fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so she goes over and she's talking. And no, normally you see them being spoken to, and then the the interpreter says, "Well, today," and they always make them talk funny for some reason. <laughs> you know, the house was going to be built, but but she's speaking Cantonese to them, and they're like really impressed. And they were talking to some man who'd been moved out because they wanted to put a road in, and they put them in these blocks of flats which they'd built, but because they wanted to make more money, they'd use cheaper cement. And so the flats were falling apart, mm. and they have the local Communist Party official coming round. It was quite clearly on backhanders from everybody. And the old man's there going, listen, you know, one time I'm living in a paddy field, like Amanda's family, you know, and he said the next minute, he said, I've got prostitutes living upstairs. And the, and the, the, uh, the man from the Communist Party is saying, well, I'm sure they're not really. He said, they are. He said, why am I here in this flat? I've got a three-bedroom flat. Meanwhile, it was proudly announced the Communist Party official owns three flats in these other blocks. And, it, and it's all backhanders. It's all corruption. And I thought the Communist it was equal rights for everybody. It is. One except flat, if, one yes, oven. Only if you're an official. That's where you take the backhanders. Yeah. But t- t- so much corruption. And she said corruption is absolutely rife. rife, I'm afraid. It's terrible. Uh, Michael says, I must use my car for work. I just sit in the darkness, no heat, and send the kids to the bins looking for food. Actually, you, you know, you laugh about that. In the strand of a night time, mm. there are people who go through all the bins of all the sandwich shops. You know why? Because at the end of the day, Pret-a-Manger and mm. everybody else throw their sandwiches out. The sandwiches they've not sold, they throw in the bins, and all the people go and take them. So they're eating better than you are, but they're just not having to pay for it. 
And why should they, if it's being thrown out? Being thrown away. They yeah, throw them away. They do throw them away. And so all the people on the Strand go down there and pick up all these sandwiches. They're, they're, they're still sealed. And I'm sure that pe- the big shops, like Marks and Spencer's, you know, you see them sometimes, you know, the girls going through this, looking at sell-by dates and yeah. things like that. That food... I don't know what they do with Marks and Spencer's. I think a lot of it goes to homeless centres and places like that. They I'm homeless. I'm homeless. I'm a centre. They don't throw it away. Cheese and pickle, please. <laughs> Cheese and chutney marmalade. I don't know. I don't think Wouldn't jelly babies. Fillet steak. <laughs> I love that fillet steak. The sell by date was yesterday. They used to do marmite yesterday. sandwiches. They're very popular. They're a pound for a mm. marmite, and then they stopped doing them. What's the point of doing that? If it's popular, you keep doing it. How do you know it's popular? Well, every time I went any, <laughs> because you bought them all. That's I did buy why. marmite sandwiches. <laughs> I like marmite sandwiches. Why? Because for a pound, they make it and put it in a sealed unit, and mm. and that's that's it. And that's the problem. Yeah. There's too many sealed units. I like a sealed too unit. Too much packaging. Not eating fish ever again. Oh, right. <laughs> what should we... I thought you didn't do fish, anyway. I didn't. Yeah. wasn't like... Yeah, by the look of it. <laughs> Mr Fisherman up in Scotland or yeah. Iceland, and, and then it's shipped and moved, and it's preserved and stored in containers and I then can't eat put into a freezer. Because now they've said that a lot of the thing that's purporting to be cod is, in fact, river cobbler from Vietnam! <laughs> from big, <laughs> filthy, muddy rivers where there's no hygiene. Oh, no, thank you. But it's cheap. I love fish and chips. I absolutely love But do you know it. what fish you're eating? If you go in there and you go, what have you got ready? And they go, uh, we've got cod. And you think, well, how would I know? Well, you wouldn't. You and wouldn't. I did actually have fish and chips last Friday because I couldn't mm. be bothered to cook. And, uh, very common. <laughs> very common. This is before <laughs> I hung my washing out on the line, by the way. <laughs> oh, God, we used to have a rotary dryer at home. I should pray that... No, I should say to my mother, I hope nobody's seen this. It's very embarrassing, a rotary dryer. Nothing wrong with them. No, but my auntie Enid was turning the <laughs> handle to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, but she was, but she was trying to dry it with a Bunsen burner. It was true. It's a bit like a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> the fish and chips that I had last night was awful. Oh, I couldn't eat it. it. It was disgusting. I don't know what the fish tasted of. That's the trouble. And I put vinegar on it and everything. And it Did it just... smell wrong? Uh, yeah, and I had a very bad upset stomach the oh, next day. Oh, that's it. Off fish. You go- don't go in anywhere unless they're a big established fish and chip shop. Mm, Some of these awful places are selling this cheap rubbish. Somebody comes around and goes, you want to buy this chip? Listen, pound for a whole bag full of it. Mm. And they'll buy it and they'll sell it to you because students have got the constitution of an ox. Sadly, not John Warrington. LBC 97.3 For the thousandth time, I don't do free sizzling salsa lessons for the first 200 callers. Uh, my name's not Raul. My, my missus placed the fake ad in the paper with this number on it, just as payback for leaving a burger box in her Toyota Yaris. Uh, if you're calling about some plumbing work, leave a message after the tone. Toyota. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. And uh, it's uh, Yvonne's birthday today. She's apparently 50-something. Oh, will. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'll turn your mic on. Wait a minute. Hang on. Wait. I'll turn your mic on. Hang on. Wait a minute. We'll turn your mic on. There you go. We've got it on now. <laughs> aren't we all? Okay. Yes, I know. Aren't we all? 50-something. So she's apparently going out for a slap-up. I'm hoping it's food. <laughs> That's what the husband says, actually, Alan. So she's younger than 55 or older. If, if you're older no, than 50... 50-something. Well, it could be anything. Then. Well, it, it could be, be anything. 51. Imagine, I don't know anybody or that 59. age. 59. But they, they have a diabetic dog. Oh, 
Oh, yes, dogs get diabetes, yeah. don't they? And so she has to do an injection, Every first day. jab of the day. Oh, dear. God, poor I feel dog. like I should have had one this morning myself. I thought you had. Several. I wish I had. <laughs> oh, you'd overdosed. <laughs> would have been so it. much easier, wouldn't it? So uh, she's, she's going to be up giving Ollie his first jab of the day, but about 6.15. Crikey. Poor Ollie. Poor Ollie. I'm going poor to the doctor's today. Oh, I, oh, poor John. I'm poorly. Poor John. I'm not really fit very well, actually. I'm only here... Well, I don't know how I got here. Well, I do, because the car came, but... A car, I'm imagining. Yeah, I'm only guessing. I, I don't feel that well, either. Oh, do you not? No, not well at all. Oh. What, what's that? Sicky-poo stomach? Just, no, just don't feel just very well. tired? Yeah. Well, you're not going to keel over. No, I'm not, but not I thought I was going to faint earlier. Me. But then I sort of got a waft oh. of your jelly babies and it sort of perked me up. Oh, that's it, isn't it? So that you might see. get me through till seven o'clock. But I tell you what, did also did perk me up the most was that I watched a program on the Olympic site, the one in Stratford that we're building. Yes, and actually it was on a children's television program, <laughs> which I quite enjoyed. It was when I couldn't sleep one morning and flicked it on. Um, they're really coming on, you know, those stadiums. They are. They look amazing. You, I, I can't, I can't I know express can't. any interest whatsoever. But, you know, I you couldn't should. care less. You will this time I will by the time it starts, but at the moment I'm not next interested year. in the building of a stadium. I don't get excited about the building of a horse box, you know. But you like the opening of the ceremony for the Beijing Olympic Games. Well, I like that because that was for, ours is going to be rubbish. Oh, why is it going to be? Because it is, John. It is not going to be I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll make my prediction now. You can put money okay, on this. come on then. The tubes will be on strike. Mr. Bob Crow will be standing there outside a brazier and you wish he'd fall in it. You know, he'll be out there. He'll have brought the tubes to a standstill. Nobody will be out there. The, the stadium will be three quarters empty and, uh, and we'll have a couple of London buses and a couple of bobbies, because that's what people think London is. A few people from a Merchant Ivory film prancing through there and then some lacklustre blooming fireworks. Added to that, you'll have, you know, Boris Johnson standing on top of a double-decker bus and a few sort of cheerleaders from Walthamstow or something like that. Or like Tony Blair. And then, like <laughs> Tony Blair. And that'll be it. And we'll all be going, is that it? Well, no, no, compare no, no, it no. to Beijing? I thought we... we well, are they rehearsing now? What are they rehearsing? They haven't no, even started it exactly. yet. Exactly. They? They've, they've started to work on it. They've got a whole team of people behind it. Yeah. Have they got the right people? Well, I hope so. They've got yeah. Seb Coe. He's a clever boy. Well, what's he ever done apart from done running about 500 years ago? It wasn't 500 years ago. All right, ago. 400. Whatever it was, he, he, it was a, a long time he's ago. A good, he's he, I think yeah, it was great. but what does he know about putting together the Olympics? He was just a runner. If you re-watch that Beijing um, oh, opening game, which, wa- which was now. wonderful, yeah. it did not go on. Oh, it did, but it was pretty. I don't think we're going to be anything like that. Well, we're not. It's not going to be like that. We've all, got the money all to our do lot that. look bored and cold. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be standing there. We don't want to be here. But don't <laughs> worry, you get a free, free jacket and a T-shirt. Well, it will be summer. A British summer. Oh, right. Well, that's it. It'll rain then. But then I think, I think, yeah, it'll like rain. I said before. So we'll stand there looking miserable, cold, use and wet. The river. Don't be so. This use is the river. Olympic Good. Games. Push them all in it. Push them all in what, it. All the athletes. Far more entertaining. Have them all coming down there with plastic ducks. I think the flames should come from oh, Hampton Court God. up to Stratford on a barge. Yeah. Instead of passing it and all that running that goes on. Yeah, we don't want that rubbish, do we? No, we want no. someone to bring it up and then it should just sort of change as it gets towards Stratford. Change into what? Well, just different things should happen. Like, you know, our history should should be revealed slowly. What, murdering people? <laughs> setting fire to London? Yes. Trying to blow up the Houses of Parliament? Fabulous. And start go down well, isn't it? Yeah, they'll start, start a new plague. <laughs> in, fact, we, in fact, if they all eat at the fish and chip shop you ate at, we could kill everybody quite quickly. There will be no Olympics. The opening games, three people survived. The, the interesting <laughs> thing about the building of the, um, the stadium, and it, and it has been uh, featured in yesterday's paper, that... Um, the, the whole Olympic thing was supposed to <laughs> stop making me laugh. Was supposed I to bring work to Britain, 
And they suddenly found that 50% of the people working there are, are from abroad. They're from abroad. They're Polish. They're, they're not British. Yeah. yeah. Hardly anyone's British. It's odd, that, isn't it? Yeah, very strange. Very strange. David says it's illegal to get off the bus other than at bus stop. How come the route master's making a comeback? Good on that woman for opening the door. I'm fed up with woolly nanny states. Well, no, it's for your own safety. The route master's not making a comeback, and also it's sealed back. It's, you know, the, the old ones that they've got have got the open back, but they're, they're sealed backs. You know, the doors will close. So you're not having a conductor. It's got nothing to do with Nanny State, David. And of course, if that woman, I'm sure you'd be delighted if that woman fell off the bus and was knocked down by a cyclist or something like that and permanently maimed. But perhaps, perhaps you're in favour of that, I don't know. Or a motorbike. Because yes, or that, a motorbike. If that bus is, a, is, is stuck in traffic, I mean, if you step off, even if you step off the pavement, you can so easily, a bike will just come flying so up by the side John. of it. So easily, John. John has spoken. Kill you. So easily. Just like that. So easily. One minute there, one minute... Oh, there was an awful, awful... Do you remember that story of the couple, the druggies, who nicked a meerkat from a wildlife park? Stupid people. They'd seen the adverts and obviously thought they spoke. They stole it. And the wildlife park said, listen, can we have it back? Because they only function in a, in a group. They work in a group, as the pictures that we've got on the LBC website of me in with the meerkats will testify. They'll climb all over you, but they work mm. as a group. Anyway, it died. Aww. So what did they do? They threw it in a bin... They threw it in a bin, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and it turns out they're both druggies. You know, I'll tell you what, hanging is too good, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely, you drive now only when necessary. A wake-up call. And, uh, Steve, I only use my car to go to work. If I could go to work on public transport, I would. Mm. D says, yes, I've stopped using the car every day for work. Use it one day now. Yeah, we see. People are doing that. I I agree. And it's better. And, of course, they don't want us to, to use our cars for work. No. Can't park anyway. Well, you can't park exactly. We can't afford to park. It's not just the petrol; it's parking the thing. Parking Camden costs about twenty-five pound a day. Yeah. As a taxi driver, Steve, you sound surprised about the bus lady. I have people like that all the time. What trying to get out of a cab? (laughs) Well, the swearing. Still moving. The swearing. I should imagine. Filth, isn't it? I mean, I I mean, I wish there was some something you could say to them. Pret give their uneaten sandwiches to the homeless. Says Mike. And Vipin says, my son with his team of ten collects sandwiches, makes soup, hire a van every Sunday and distribute to homeless people in London and the youth hostels. Excellent. So that's good. What a lovely thing to so do. So Yvonne's got her birth date today. They won't be taking the car out later. They'll be no. doing the bus. Well, she should be buying a sandwich, though. <laughs> or or stealing one, <laughs> as you reported earlier on the programme. Yes, I think they should just about afford a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. When he said he was taking him out for a slap-up, I mean, there could be anything around there wearing Epsom. Uh, Andy Heyman is looking at the papers this morning with, uh, with Nick Ferrari. And uh, this one here, Jan Moyer, is talking about the mm. kids who are going to have this uh, educational maintenance allowance scrapped. Yeah. And she says, why don't you just stop whinging, you spoilt little brats, and get a paper round? Like I did. Yeah, like we all had to. Like we, What's the matter with these lazy, good-for-nothing people who get on the train in the morning, put their feet up on the seats, all listening to their very expensive sound systems, yeah, very expensive, iPods you know, and iPods and everything else, and yet moan about 30 quid, get off your fat bottoms and get a job. Yeah, because the report in the paper did say that most of them spend that £30 on... They don't spend it on books on no, it, and further absolutely education. absolutely nothing. They spend it on going out. I don't see any of the kids going to the college in, uh, in Twickenham carrying books. I see them carrying iPods and mobile phones and all the girls talk like that and the boy talk like that as well. In fact, everybody seems to talk like that. <laughs> everybody seems to string two words together properly and uh, they're all eating all the bad rubbish food that we've got on offer in Twickenham. Long may it kill them. And, uh, and nobody's buying books. I don't see anybody reading a book. No, but, you know, they're changing the school curriculum, aren't they, with the, the, the way that, that, that what is being taught in the classrooms is going to be changed. Yeah. And uh, it's quite interesting. Yesterday, uh, I was talking to a mum and her daughter, and her daughter's just come out of university, so she's not a silly girl, I mean, she's an intelligent girl. 
And we were talking about um, the King's speech and why it happened. And the girl said, uh, isn't Helena Bonham Carter in that? And I said, yes, she, she plays the Queen Mother, who at the time was the Queen. I said, was she a Queen? I said, yes, she was a Queen. She didn't want to be a Queen because she married the Duke of York and they had two children and were living very happily in Belgravia. But she became Queen because of Wallace Simpson. And the girl looked at me. <laughs> if you're losing the will to live, ladies and gentlemen, now is the time to overdose on Marmite. I mean, really, the history lessons that we give you. <laughs> I sometimes wonder... She didn't want to be the Queen. I could have been a bus driver. I could have been anything, actually. Which is why she never, ever spoke to Wallace Simpson again, because she ruined her life. She wanted she to be the She ruined so many lives, York. I know. But the funny thing is, she had a bit more jewellery than the Queen Mother. Because if you remember, it was Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, the only person who's ever managed to get the word Queen twice... In one yes, sentence. She'll always be a, she'd, I might not want to have been a yeah. queen, but now I am a queen. I she want to be a queen She was just ordinary. She was just a debutante, wasn't she? Yeah. That's she, all she from was. a very nice family. A little family. short, fat debutante. She, don't be cruel. We danced around a few times. We danced around, <laughs> danced around, danced around, now we she have a gin. She wanted a quiet life. <laughs> That's all they did. It was a gin and Dubonnet, They didn't do actually. anything. They all, what, we got white dresses, we got diamonds did, on, and we'll have another gin. She did very well, actually. She did do very well. And then the, the, the girl... She was, waved. Occasionally she waved. She created that wave. But have you noticed? Mary taught her that. You know what? You know why she lived a long time? Because the gin. royal family, ref- apart from gin, the royal family refused to put heating in Clarence's house. <laughs> yeah. It was like an iceberg. I went in it once. So actually, she died about when she was sixty-three. She, she was frozen. <laughs> she was in fact immortalised in ice. <laughs> and in fact, it was only when when she died and Charles moved in and took it over, like he needs another property, that they put central heating in. He hasn't got many properties. Hardly anything at all. He's got that one, the one over the road. He's got Highgrove down in Windsor and Highgrove. I'm really suffering actually. Highgrove is his only private home. Yeah. He will eventually have them all, of course. Of course, yes. By that time, it'll be turned into flats. <laughs> Howard and Enfield is the Jewish branch of the Mafia. That's the Kosher Nostra. <laughs> it's an old gag, but worth using again, I should imagine. Uh, Shelley says, I've only just seen the breaking news that Alan Johnson's personal protection officer is about to be suspended for having an affair with Mr Johnson's wife. This is on the front page of the Mail. Nick's going to be talking about this this morning yes. after, uh, after seven. It's dreadful when the, the trouble is you go into public life... And, you know, you're, unfortunately, nothing's, nothing's private anymore. Absolutely nothing is private. It's all, you know, everything. Uh, Bryn says, Annie and I are still in France. To fill still? up my... St- they live there. Yeah, they do. 75 litres of diesel to fill up his Jag uh, now costs around 95 quid. Here in France, I can fill it from a supermarket petrol supply for around 87 euros. With current exchange rates, the difference between the two costs is between 15 and 18 quid. And I thought that diesel was supposed to be cheaper than petrol in the UK. It ain't. No, it's 10p more. Yeah, so they've a got a, a little Hyundai in London, which does over 40 miles to the gallon. And because it's ecologically friendly, it cost me 35 quid to tax. I shall leave the Jag in the garage when we get home and save it for long journeys. I agree with you. Yes. You know, for, to, to be honest with you, it's only good for long journeys, big cars. And nice and comfy, though. It is. Yeah, but the, the one, it's yeah. £1.40, isn't it, for a, a litre of diesel? But diesel goes a lot longer. You can do more mileage on diesel. Can you? That's why lorries have it. Oh, right. And old Bentleys. Riveting. <laughs> I'm not an old Bentley. I don't have diesel. <laughs> but you wished you'd, you did. I don't. I'm not... I can't... <laughs> Go, you could go down Horrible to your brother's noise. twice on a tank. Twice. Instead of half. Yes. Uh, did John get a letter today forward for photo signing? I did indeed. He did, yes. It's a very nice photograph, actually. Yeah. Very nice. Well, it's lovely of you, but I don't know who the other person <laughs> Not is. a great one of John, unfortunately. <laughs> John says, I remember when bus drivers only pulled away from the bus stop once everybody had taken their seat. You know, why can't they wait? 
They don't wait, though, do they? Apparently in China, the bus driver had so many complaints about braking sharply that the bosses put a bowl of water on a shelf above the driver's head. Hence, no more sharp braking. Mm. We well, wouldn't true. do that here because they wouldn't be able to do it. Oh, there'd be some kind of health and safety thing about the bowl, wouldn't there? Yeah. John, on the 23 bus from St Paul's to Liverpool Street, says Barbara, lovely friendly bus driver who said, hold on tightly, please, and gave out tourist information. Oh, God, nothing worse, is there? <laughs> nothing worse. Hello, everybody, welcome along. I got the train the other day. Hello, this is, this is your guard, Jim, speaking. So I'm shouting, hello, it's Steve here. <laughs> Steve. I don't know why you don't know that. Because when we used to get on the bus a long time Not ago... Not time now, John. We really <laughs> don't have enough time. We're far too busy. We have to do the news headlines because it's quarter to seven. <laughs> With Sam Pittis. Biggest conversation with me, Nick Ferrari, this morning from seven. Hello. <laughs> he says, trying to sound all cheerful at this time of the morning. John Warrington's here. Hello. Anyway, uh, <laughs> more from me. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a man write in who, who is a former bus driver. Yes. And he says, I worked as a bus uh, almost two years, so I can confirm the driver's given a very high standard of training. Sometimes other road users are careless. I know, but th- they do break no, unnecessarily. No. There's a lot of this going on. He says dimwits like that foul-mouthed woman should be barred from all London buses. Oh, well, she should be certainly fined for and breaking says, the law. the bus companies uh, know nothing about these incidents, and it comes as no surprise that buses on certain routes have become breeding grounds for bad behaviour. Yeah, but, you, but they should have inspectors that yeah. get onto buses to check that the bus driver is, is not, you know, well, they lurching. Do. Or do they? Well, they How do. Would... Yes, but put it away, you, you can't check whether, whether a bus is lurching. All you do is you just get on the bus and the driver does his normal thing, they get off and we back, get, go back to the lurching again. <laughs> you just get on they the must one, wait until people bus. get halfway up the stairs and then they're off and then they break and you think, you know, there's going to be an accident. Somebody's going to sue at some point. Well, I fell slightly down the stairs from the bus trying to hold on. Yeah, you see, I, I can't do it now. Hanging on to my shopping with one hand, mm. the kids with the other, I've got the dog on the lead, the cat in the basket and I'm trying to make it up the stairs. It's ridiculous. And that plan. Baby in a papoose on my back. <laughs> Because I am Hiawatha. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's cra- I don't know how people... To be honest, with you, I think difficult. anybody who's eating food should be thrown off a bus immediately. Yes, but if you've gone and got your shopping and then you're getting back on the bus and, you know, you've got bottles of wine and, and nice things and vinegar for your fish, you've got it all in the bag yeah. and it's between your legs and the, yeah. the bus is breaking, you, you know, you, all your shopping goes all over the floor. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of the thing. <laughs> uh, Kerry Catone is on the television this morning Who cares, Mark, but thank you for that one As I say, it's all fake Oh, I'm just doing it for my kids, you know, it's great to be here And uh, we've got time for a fact now <laughs> Really, it's ridiculous She does like a fact Did you, Have you seen any of Piers Morgan's very interesting interviewing on CNN? Because he started his uh, the Larry King slot this week Yeah, uh, it said an audience of 300 million, 299 million Tried to find porn on the uh, <laughs> television And managed to get his programme by mistake <laughs> It got a two million audience it's not very much. It's not it? very much at all. I mean, uh, uh, two million in a country with three hundred sixty-five million. Yeah, but he's not Larry King. Whichever way you look at it, right, the Americans. There'll be certain Americans going. Can we not find an American for this? Yes, I'm surprised. I don't think he'll do it for long. No. I mean, I, d- I saw him with Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, he was on with her. They're all pre-recorded. Time. Yes, and actually, I was watching and I thought, well, this is quite good. This is not bad. This is not bad. And then I realised. Actually, he hadn't said anything. No. She did all the talking, yes. and she was she was fantastic. Yeah. We, we, we talked to Alan Carr about uh, people coming on the chat show tomorrow, mm. and, and the way that he does a chat show is similar to the way I do my interviews, which is not, so tell us, you started life in so-and-so, so-and-so, you know, I try and make it a conversation. Yeah. Hence being called in conversation, which makes it better. And people relax much more. 
are supposed to ask him the same dumb questions all the time. Which they've already done two they've days done before. They've done a million times. You, you try and make it more interesting. He does the same. He said, so you'll have... He said, also, giving them a few few drinks helps. Well, I know from bitter experience it absolutely helps. <laughs> Especially when they come in at <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning. Yes, the eight o'clock in the morning is pushing it a fraction. Cup of tea, glass of Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> that small that would be interesting. Cake. But it's, it's just them liking you. That's all it has to be on a chat show. Yes, that's what it's all about, if, isn't it? If they like you then they like you. That's why I can sit there and you learn to be almost a, a psychiatrist. You know, I, I can tell when an interview has reached its natural conclusion. I can tell when they're now, they're, their mind's wandering elsewhere. And they're, they're becoming bored with it. And they're it. becoming bored with mm. it because they, they've done 300 interviews and they've had enough. I know that. So when I watch people presenting on the television, I watch people being interviewed, I can spot all the signs. I watch Kerry Katona, only as we were talking about her earlier, and I can spot within five seconds she's bored, but she's been told to sit there and do it because this is your career. And so, It's fake. It's fake. What, yeah. what, if, if you want a classic example, I've said it before, watch Colleen Nolan on Loose Women, sitting there where she's glazed over completely. She's trying to look interested, but because it's not her talking, she has no interest in the programme whatsoever. It's just a vehicle to make money. She contributes very little. She just sits there staring. At one time, she never said anything at all. Total waste of space. What, Kerry or Colleen? Colleen. Yeah, never I said a Carol thing. the other day. Yeah. She waved in. I she do like Carol. Bless her heart. I do like Carol. She's quite tough. Uh, Dom and Dom drives everywhere. He drives everywhere? Yeah. My next one never drives to the bottom of the road. Yeah, I would drive to the bottom of the road. Why? Well, because yeah. I can. It's, but you shouldn't. <laughs> well, because what it's do you mean I shouldn't? Excuse me, who are you to tell me <laughs> what, whether I should or should not drive my how car? How far is... Mind your own business. How far is the bottom of the yards. road? 200 yards. <laughs> and I drive and I park... <laughs> illegally. I never park illegally. <laughs> and so you get it out of the car park... Do you have your own space where you live? Yes. So it's got, it's got your name on it. No one no, else can park there. No, name on it, but it's I mean, woe betide anybody <laughs> who tries it. <laughs> they've done it before. They, they, they've come back to sort of tires not in one piece. You know. Oh God, yes. No, we don't have any of that that kind of truck. Very rarely do people do it. I always walk to the shops. The do you? The road to well, that's why you're so much fitter than I am. You see, I'm not fit. I freely admit I'm not fit, but I am taking the car everywhere. But why do I feel so ill this morning? Yeah. Then? And you look so bright and perky. I know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I actually fit. I'm quite. It's quite perky. It's sugar. It's, it's false. At the end of the programme, I will just collapse into a little mess <laughs> in the corner. You can't do it to... there because Nick Ferrari's on <laughs> next it's and he true. needs the space. I knew this guy from work who jumped off a Routemaster years ago, banged his back against a lamp, didn't think much of it. However, a year later, he was in a wheelchair. Mm. What do you see? I mean, I used to, we used to do it as kids. You know when the back of the bus come mm. along and you jump on it? And you used to want to be at the back of the bus hanging on because as it went round corners, you could almost fly round with it. Yeah. Not anymore. I used to, uh, the bus the bus conductor used to do that thing, didn't he? Used to ting it, ting the bar. Oh, ding, I ding, ding, we ding, all ding. Do you remember Oct- that bit of string? You go pass along the bus, please. Pass along the bus, please. Ting, ting. It's lovely that bit of thing. Oh, I used to love tinging. Love doing that when I was a kid. Oh, can I ring Mum? Still can do I it ring now. It? You can't do it on a bus now. You can no? You just press a little button. No, they've got the ting, ting. Really? The rope on the on the the route masters going down the strand to go to uh, Tower of London. They've got the ting, ting. Have you done it? I have done it. Oh, you want to, though? I wanted to do it. Maybe you should do it, have an LBC day, day out on what, a ting, tinging? Ting, ting. How lovely. Hold tight. Yeah. Fares, please. How much for murder the, these days? Uh, well, it should be life. Should be life. Life doesn't mean life. No, life doesn't mean life. It this is uh, Jane Andrews, former royal aide, uh, due to be out of prison very shortly. Uh, she served nine years nine uh, nine. for battering her boyfriend, Tom Crossman, to death. She stabbed and battered him. Nine years, that's worth nowadays. It's pathetic at this country, it really is. But anyway, uh, throughout her prison term, she's been making about 30 grand a year, renting her flat out. Mm. And now she's due to come out of prison, uh, I think another year, and so she's, uh, she's asked an estate agent to market the property. 
How you do this from inside prison, I have no idea. It's obviously a lot easier in there. They can do anything from you inside can do anything. prison now. But she's got pictures painted by princesses Beatrice and Eugenie and a small collection of Fergie and Dan and mementos which she hopes to sell. Lovely. Well, there you go, I tell you. Whoever said crime didn't pay. Well, if she's got the flat and she's moving out, yeah. coming out of prison, where's she going to live? Well, who knows? But she'll have, have the income flat. she's had in there. Well, w- work it out yourself. 30,000 a year. That's for, for nine years. For nine years. That's uh, £270,000. Yeah. Three nines are 27. Yeah. Put a zero. Yes, yes, we yeah. can all do that, John. Yeah, but I can do that. I'm no calculator. <laughs> oh, I was just about to get the <laughs> abacus out. <laughs> and then you did it. Just like that. Just like that. This <laughs> Listen, time the I morning. have to go. Yes, you really should I go. I really want to go to the toilet. I'm <laughs> absolutely bursting now. Uh, so, Andy Heyman's doing the papers with Nick this morning. They're going to be talking about the shop resignation of Alan Johnson and uh, Tony Blair appearing in front of the Chilcot Inquiry for the second time. They're going to be talking about the mafia sting in America, because mm-hmm. that, that's absolutely amazing. Is it the beginning of the end for the Cosa Nostra? No chance. There'll be thousands of people, thousands of people. It's, it, it's not quite like we, uh, like we saw in the, uh, the films. Uh, why do people moan about the cost of petrol, Steve? I can't be doing with all this climate change stuff. And John in Kilburn is apparently laughing. I'm not surprised. I've been to Kilburn. I laughed as well. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your company. It's been lovely seeing you, John. I hope you get on well with the doctor. I hope I do, yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be fine, honestly. Do you reckon? Well, no, but, um... I do feel very poorly. Really? Quite faint, actually. Yeah. Do, do you think maybe a, a sausage baguette would help? Something must help. Yeah. Maybe I am a bit hungry, but yeah. I do, don't feel well. Oh, dear, honestly. Yes. I must say, though, the front oh. pages... Just, yes, front we pages, don't have enough time, John, to hear your story. I'm afraid I have to go now. It's lovely being with you all today. And uh, thank you for the tuning in. I don't to... feel so well. Exactly. The rejected. It's rejection. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. It's rejection. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. We've, we've achieved something. <laughs> don't forget to podcast. Uh, John's back with us next week. If I'm well enough. Oh, God, nothing worse than a hypochondriac. <laughs> is there on the programme? Alfie Bow and Alan Carr on Sunday. That'll cheer you up. Yeah, it will, actually. Yeah, we've had enough of your illness, I tell you. I'm bored with it. <laughs> what with my illnesses and your illnesses and everybody else's illnesses. Nick Ferrari is well. After seven, join me on Sunday morning. Sam Pittis has got the business update.